Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into episode 188 of the Sources Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the growing KSR Podcast Network. The Sources Say Podcast is, as always, presented by our good friends at Justice Dental. You can make an appointment at one of two Lexington locations. That's on Wellington Way and Blazer Parkway. Now's a great time to schedule your dental cleaning. Remember that regular dental appointments are important for your overall health. You can learn more and make an appointment at JusticeDental.com, Dr. Justice and Dr. Thompson. Look forward to seeing you soon. I'm your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. Very happy to be joined once again by the one and only Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country. Sean, how the heck are you? I am fantastic, Jack. How are you? Oh, doing just peachy. We are doing a little bit of a, of a series of sorts here on the Source Say podcast. Yesterday, we uploaded a show uh, dedicated entirely to the Nike EYBL circuit and Kentucky's recruiting efforts on that end, uh, who UK is looking at, who is kind of emerging as the best of the best in that class on that circuit in particular. It's the best circuit uh, year in and year out. Uh, so we went a little bit, you know, in depth on that one about an hour's worth of, of you know, scouting reports, breaking down kid by kid, DJ Wagner, uh, you know, Robert Dillingham from st- from top to bottom, all the guys of UK interest. Now, Sean, we have you on. Uh, you were just down in Spartanburg at the Adidas 3SSB event where uh, Orlando Antigua was watching a, a lot of Kentucky's, fu- you know, one future Kentucky Wildcat in particular, and then some other top targets. Uh, a pretty high profile offer comes out of the weekend. Uh, really awesome uh, weekend in general. Not as many recruits to talk about. So this episode will obviously be a little bit shorter, but we still have plenty to talk about and uh, def- definitely several players to dive into and, and break down their scouting reports as well. So, uh, Sean, we have the the biggest name on the Adidas 3SSB circuit in terms of Kentucky interest is actually Kentucky's only commit in the class of 2023. And it's a very popular name. Everybody knows by now Reed Shepard is joined on for the class uh, son of Jeff Shepard. We've talked about him in detail on the show over and over again about what we think of his game and all that. But this is a little bit of a different setting, Sean, an opportunity to see him against you know, some of the best of the best in high school basketball in a completely different setting where he's not double and triple teamed every single night and he puts up you know, 30, 40 points a game uh, against weak competition in that area. So I think it's a, a unique situation for him and, and a unique opportunity to see what he's like. Uh, against some other, you know, Kentucky level talent. So you got to see him in person, Sean. What were your first uh, overall impressions uh, seeing him at uh, down in Spartanburg? 
he he continues to get better i think is uh my biggest takeaway you know i i live close to london i'm i'm inside of about an hour drive so i'm able to make it to some of those 13th region games the ones you're talking about where he's uh triple and double and triple teamed and you don't get to get a lot of takeaways from that and i know you and i watched him last summer in some local high school games but when you get to see him on this level you get to see who he really is and I spoke with Paul Biancardi while I was down there, and Paul just raved about Reed Shepard and his game and, and where he's rated and everything in the rankings and, and has a chance to maybe climb a little bit more and, and especially seeing him against that talent. But the, the thing that stands out about Reed that's going to help him transition to Kentucky, Jack, is that basketball team, Midwest Basketball Club, is one of the best coach basketball teams you will see on any grassroots circuit. The way that they play, the way that they conduct themselves, the way that they're coached, that is what's going to help Reed with that transition from high school basketball to grassroots to Kentucky, uh, where he's really well coached at North Laurel, but playing against this level of talent with the level of talent he plays alongside of, I think is a huge thing for him. And I think it's helping him grow his game this summer, moving into the senior season. Yeah. And, you know, by, by chance and, or I guess not by chance and not by coincidence, he's coached by his own dad, Jeff Shepard, and uh, the father of Gabe Cups, who is an uh, Indiana commit, a uh, very, very impressive player. Those two together are uh, an awesome uh, one-two punch for that Midwest basketball club. Uh, but, yeah, very well coached. My concern, I guess, if if I do have one, uh, is that – and it's kind of a weird concern. Okay, It feels like a job interview where – uh, you know, they ask, what are your weaknesses? Oh, I'm too much of a team player. I get overly selfless at times. I, I, I share too much, you know, things, you know, things like that with, with job interviews. It's kind of similar to uh, Reed Shepard in those, those environments. He is a team first player who almost gets a little too passive at times. He gets too, you know, defers a little bit too much and you really don't get to see well, who he is. Uh, just in terms of a score first, kind of take games over by himself. He gets in that mindset every once in a while. We saw it uh, when I got to see him up in Indianapolis at that event. He was going up against the Compton Magic, who, you know, talented group of, of players, the number one player in high school basketball in, in the class of 2025, plays for them. UK's newest offer, Andre Stojakovic, plays for that team. And that was when, uh, you know, they got down early and and they were fighting back and that was a game that Reed Shepard decided to take over late the game went to like triple overtime it was like 105 to uh you know 100 final and and Reed put up you know 30-ish points or whatever that was the best of the best of Reed but uh, if I do have a knock on him in these type of settings that he does get a little bit almost too team oriented which is almost a compliment in itself yeah, and he actually did that too on the final possession of one of the games, and and they lost the game. I, I thought he he got downhill off a ball screen, had a chance to maybe shoot a little eight, nine, ten footer there to, to try to win the game, and instead tried to throw a, a pass kind of over his shoulder to a three point shooter that got picked off, and then they went the other way and gave up a basket. So some of that too much unselfishness, where a play where I thought, hey, he's in a great spot to score, he's got great size there. I thought he should have finished that ball, but yeah, but he's, I just think that he's a really good guard that for this class, and I know we keep saying the jump start this class, but it's been jump started for a while. He's been committed since the fall. So it's, it's a good piece to have in your class. Uh, I know some college coaches that were standing there, I was standing close by and they kept talking about how well coached the team that he plays for, how uh, fundamentally sound Reed is and how fundamentally sound all those guys on that team are. Uh, but that would be one of my concerns, too, that I think even with his North Laurel team, you see him at times be a little bit too unselfish. 
Yeah. And it's kind of difficult because, you know, I've been trying helping out with the, you know, on three rankings and trying to figure out where do you rank a kid like that who it puts up, you know, 30, 40 points on any given night playing for North Laurel, but then plays in systems like this. And, and when grassroots season rolls around, you know, puts up solid numbers and looks it looks pretty good. But does he look like a top 20 player in the class? It's hard to tell because he is so unselfish at times. And it does kind of get frustrating watching where it's like, man, I'd love to see him just take this game over because we've seen him do it. And and even in this level, it's not like about talent. It's just because he wants to be, you know, such a team player and, and he, he he kind of gets overpassed. He, he overpasses and he over dribbles and, and, and you know, he, he does a lot of the other things, jumps the passing lanes, gets steals, blocks shots, uh, you know, really tries to, uh, you, you know, be as well-rounded as possible. But it almost comes to a fault because you really don't know where you rank a kid like that. Is he closer to top 40 or is he closer to top 20? Is he a five-star? Is he a four-star? That's the kind of difficulty that I have right now with him trying to figure out. And that was kind of one of the things I, you know, helping out with the, these on three rankings, I kind of said, let's keep him at that 25, 26, 27 ish range for now until we get to decide, you know, after this spring and this summer watching him play for, you know, on three SSB circuit, is he going to be a five star? Is it going to be top 20? I, you know, kind of leave him in the middle of those two rankings before deciding if we need to give him a major jump or drop him depending on on how he performs. And right now, I, I still haven't gotten that answer. And I was curious to see what you thought, because I, I didn't get to see him in Spartanburg. I saw him the, the previous live event, uh, live period. So uh, it's it, it's interesting to see that uh, we kind of have similar, you know, praise, well, but also similar gripes as well. Yeah, and, and I want to see him throughout the summer some more and into July and into some of those periods as, as Adidas kind of moves throughout their circuit. But I got to watch about, about a game and then the first half of another game. But I, I was trying to move around and watch so many other guys too. Uh, Reed's kind of the guy that we know the most about right now, right? Like we, we get to see him all the time. We still have all those questions we're trying to answer, but I was kind of trying to get familiar with all the other guys uh, that Orlando Antigua was falling around. It, it's been a couple of weeks since this event. I know we've had a lot going on before we really got a chance to really sit down and talk about it, but Orlando was a busy guy that weekend. He was, uh, he was walking around and, you're trying to identify who they're watching on this floor. Okay. I, at one point, O was sitting upstairs and had his eye on two separate floors. So it yeah. was uh, definitely busy watching multiple games, but he was courtside for every single moment that Reed Shepard played. Well, one of the players that he was watching and uh, one that uh, earned a scholarship offer immediately after the weekend ended, which was kind of a surprise considering where he's ranked and kind of who he is. Andre Stoyakovich, son of three-time NBA All-Star, you know, kind of one of the all-time legends in terms of pure sharpshooters in, in league history, Peja Stoyakovich, his son receives a scholarship offer. Orlando Antigua extends the offer shortly after uh, that that live, uh, live, live period that weekend. Uh, and, you know, like father, like son, the dude can shoot the ever-loving tar out of the basketball. Uh, it feels like every shot that he puts up, uh, goes in. That's just kind of his bread and butter. 
doesn't, you know, not super quick, not overly athletic. You know, I think he runs the floor very well. I love his size, six, seven. Uh, but the, the dude's a professional bucket getter, getter. That's what he's known for. He is a pure shooter through and through. I saw him put up just absolute bucket after bucket after bucket that first weekend. And clearly uh, he he did the same that following weekend with uh, Orlando Antigua in attendance. And uh, it resulted in an offer, Sean. It did. And his frame for a wing score just stands out. I mean, he's 6'7". We're, we're talking about a kid that his freshman year of high school didn't even make the varsity team. He was playing JV, but he was about 5'10 to 5'11 then that had a 6 to 7-inch growth spurt after the pandemic started. I know he he didn't play on the circuit, I think, for a bit. I know he was with his dad there. Uh, I think they went to – I think they were in Greece. So that kind of played into the rankings and kind of seeing where he was. I know he come in about 101, 102, 103 in the composite rankings. Uh, so this is a little bit of an under-the-radar guy that now has emerged and added all this length and size to his frame. And it just – he excels at making shots – and he can also get his own shot. That's the thing that stood out to me. It's very hard to guard a guy that is versatile as he is at a six seven frame that can get his own shot. Yeah, uh, if you're looking for a pure shooter uh, with that size and length, that NBA length, that NBA size, I mean, yeah, you, you put it perfectly. He's a, He has grown into well, a size perfectly. And how about a soccer background that helps him with his footwork? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean it's at 6'7". Like, that's the thing that stood out to me is off the ball, very good feet at working off screens and some action off the ball. Like I was like, okay, this, this is a prospect, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, who are they watching? Obviously they, they were watching Reed They're you know, they're watching uh, some other guys and I'm like, all right, they're paying a lot of attention. And then sure enough, uh, they, the offer followed that night after I left, uh, I kind of beat myself up about it. Cause I was like, okay, may, maybe an offer doesn't come till after the weekend. So I had, uh, I headed home from Spartanburg and then there's an offer and I'm like, well, I could have stayed and got an interview and talked about it, but uh, I made the the poor decision to leave. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, thankfully there, there are more opportunities to see him live in person. Clearly that's going to be somebody that Kentucky and, you know, I'm sure John Calipari is going to, uh, at this next live period, is going to want to stop in and see him in person as well. But definitely a name to keep a close eye on. You, you know, talking to people in basketball circles, it's definitely uh, Kentucky is is definitely up there uh, on his time. And again, this is a kid that is ranked at as of right now in the 70s and 80s. You know, not a kid that's in the you know top 50, top 40, top 30, you know, five star range quite yet. I think he's going to get there at some point, but. Uh, when Kentucky comes calling for a kid like that ranked where he is, you know, regardless of of the prestige and kind of, you know, legacy status that he has and, and you know, that just the, the family ties. Uh, I mean, when a, when Kentucky offers you, that's a pretty darn big deal for a kid like that. So uh, clearly Kentucky's at or uh, at least up there toward the top of his list already early. So definitely another name to keep a close eye on. If you're looking for a go-to shooter uh, in that class, it's hard to it's hard to beat Andre Stoyakovich. Uh, keep going down this list. Bayfall, Sean, is a name that has kind of been around for a while, uh, one that I know Kentucky continues to flirt with. They're trying to figure out exactly what his growth is. He kind of hit a little bit of plateau, had some – uh, you know, school issues is no longer at that Denver prep that he was at. He got, uh, I, I guess, officially kicked off the team. The, the coach released a statement and said um, something to the effect of, uh, you know, detrimental to team conduct or something and said that he, you know, needed to find a different place or whatever. 
uh, everybody I've talked to said that he is a, a great kid and, and, you know, it was kind of just a, a an odd situation, really, uh, I think, blown out of proportion. Some people I've talked to said that it really wasn't as big deal as they made it out to be. But it's, you know, worth bringing up. It's just kind of a, a back and forth dynamic with him in, in terms of where he's going to high school. And, uh, you know, he started out ranked really high, as high as I think number one in the on three, the first debut rankings at, at on three uh, is kind of trailed off just a little bit, kind of closer to that top 10-ish range. But Sean, clearly a lot to work with, runs the floor extremely well, hard to find a better motor in that class, you know, that 6'11", 7-foot range. Uh, you're just kind of a high-energy high, high energy guy, work workhorse talent that, uh, you know, likes doing it all on both ends of the floor. And I, I think there's a lot to like about Bayfall. Just interested to see what you think about him as, you know, one of the premier prospects uh, in that front court, uh, it, what's known as a pretty weak front court class in, in 2023. Yeah, well, we, we talked a lot about frame with Stoyakovich. Well, the first thing that you notice about Bayfall is his, just his, his frame stands out significantly. I'm talking about a guy that uh, in transition, I mean, we're talking three or four strides from half court to the rim. That's how long he is. He can affect the game on both ends. He can block some shots. The thing that I that I saw, and I, I got to only got to watch one game of his that day, but he he played. He was frustrated in in that day. He did, he didn't hit a lot of shots. Uh, didn't get a couple of foul calls, and you could kind of tell body language is a bad thing. But then he picked it up towards the end, made some big plays. Interesting prospect. I know he likes to float around the perimeter, shoot some jump shots, and do some things. Go. I'm not really sure about how he projects is he you know does he grow into that frame and add some bulk and size I think he naturally will but a very interesting prospect that is a highly rated a very talented kid I uh, just want to see throughout the summer here if Kentucky watches a few more times at some of these other events coming up and things but a very very talented player yeah and I will say uh, that what you brought up you know kind of the, I don't want to say that he pouted or you know kind of the, the bad uh, just approach, you know, mental approach to the game, whatever. I, I th- I've heard that that's kind of the, uh, you know, some of the issue is that he he's just very passionate for both for better and worse. And I think that kind of it's kind of a polarizing thing when you have a guy that just kind of puts winning first and just, you know, super passionate while he plays that it kind of rubs people the wrong way and it can kind of brush the brush the wrong shoulders uh, and, you know, so that that does make a lot of sense. But I will say he went heads up against Santo Surreal, who's known as, you know, his nickname's Baby Shaq, you know, just kind of freak uh, physical, you know, attributes, 6'11", 240 pounds. Uh, he's on that Adidas circuit, plays for uh, that Tennessee EAB team. Bayfall absolutely destroyed him in the head-to-head matchup. I mean, absolutely, you know, skill-wise, out, outworked him. And, you know, it, it was kind of interesting because Samto is just such a physical presence, you know, 6'11", 240. You'd think that, a, you know, kind of a skinny player like Bay uh, would just kind of get out, out-muscled and out, you know, just outclassed in that end. But Bay just really held his own, and, and he, he was really strong, kind of that lower body strength really, really separated himself. And he just flat-out dominated him that game. And, and, and Santos seen as one of the top centers in that 24 class. Uh, so, I mean, really interesting uh, in terms of physical tools – uh, Samto is, was clearly head head heads above Bay, but in the head to head matchup, it wasn't even close. Bay Bay just absolutely destroyed him. So that's something to keep in mind that uh, in against the best talent at that event in the front court, he was clearly uh, among the best. So that that's definitely something to keep an eye on. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, rolling through these other names, uh, Sean, Ian Jackson's a name that I know that you were very, very high on. I am very high on him. He's in the class of 2024. But uh, with his age and just kind of how physically ready he is right now, there's a lot of talk that he could be a late uh, reclass candidate. Uh, so just curious what you think. We're, I mean, obviously, we have to pencil him in at 20, the class of 2024 right now. Uh, so still a little uh, you know, far off in, into the distance. But uh, physically, I think he's going to be ready uh, when, it, when it comes time to make a reclass decision that he could do that down the road. I asked him when I interviewed him uh, you know, what he thinks about a reclass. He said, it's just not something I'm thinking about right now. But talking to people behind the scenes, they say that you know, physically he's there and he, you know, age-wise he's there, grades he's fine. Uh, that 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 could be an option that presents itself down the road. So uh, a name that I would, if you're a Kentucky fan, keep an eye on uh, among that guard class in 2023. Uh, Ian Jackson's definitely one of those guys. There are guys that I watched, and there are very few of them. There's not many that I say could step on a college floor right now and get you a bucket. He is one of those guys. I don't think that there's two years of high school basketball that he even needs. I, I'm thinking one more year in a possible reclass. I love his game. I love his energy on both ends of the floor. There was a play there. He, he was by far my favorite prospect that I watched the entire weekend while I was there. And I watched him twice. He didn't take a single play off on either end of the floor in grassroots basketball. That is a very, very rare thing to see. Like, I mean, these all these top prospects, Jack, you know it. They play hard, then they'll play a, take a player two off, and then boom, they're playing hard again. Not this kid. There was one play where he got up and he caused a turnover defensively, and it was so exciting that Orlando Antigua started clapping and then <laughs> shouted like, yeah, that's it. You know, like, and I'm like, okay, this is a kid that Kentucky really likes. We know at some point an offer will come. He can shoot the ball, too. I know he, he showed some consistency with his jumper. He showed the ability to pass the ball in transition. He'll also dunk on you, too. Like a very, very talented guard, two-way player, has a chance to be an elite on-ball defender, in my opinion. And keep a very close eye on him in particular because he is very, very, very high on Kentucky, every conversation I've had with him, he could not have been higher on the Cats. And uh, it's really odd, Sean, because Ian's offer list is just not one you'd expect for a player of his caliber. You know, he's starting to get some, you know, high major blue bloods here recently. But I mean, it has taken a minute for the the big name schools, you know, the, the St. John's and Rutgers and UConn and schools like that right now have been kind of on him and, and offered early and have been making a hard push. He's from New York, you know, that the, a lot of the Northeast local schools uh, are on him hard, but 
He is clearly a player. He's a top five, top three for my money, uh, top three player in that 24 class. I'm just shocked that that yeah. he just doesn't have the, the the best of the best blue blood offers already. Uh, I think when when that contact period begins in June, uh, where where you know schools are able to contact players directly in that class, and that's usually where we see a lot of the offers coming. Uh, I would be absolutely shocked if if he is not among the first names brought up by Kentucky uh, to to receive an offer from them. Yeah, that that's where it'll fire up. I, I think when you get into that period where they can start contacting and officially offered scholarships face to face and doing some things. And I, I know you watched him in Indy. I watched him in Adidas. I plan on watching him at least uh, another time this summer, hopefully a- along the road here sometime, probably in, in thinking July. I know there's some Adidas fans. I know they got the one uh, near Charlotte. And they got some others. Uh, so I'm I'm planning to watch him some more, but that is a guy that if you're a Kentucky fan, I'd be paying close attention to. I mean, he's rated highly as a top five kid in that class in the composite. A very very talented guard plays with some very good players on that team as well. Just a a high energy guard to me that fits the mold of what John Calipari's best Kentucky guards do, and uh, that's getting to the rack, that's being able to create for others, that's shooting the ball. A very vocal kid too. Yeah, I could tell he plays with a lot of pride and a lot of energy. That's what I liked about him most. Keep moving down this list. <laughs> For my money, the best kept secret of the entire event, somebody that uh, I, to, I'll, I'll admit I didn't even know this kid existed before I walked into the door the first time, my buddy Travis Graff, a friend of the show. You guys know him very well over at Rivals. Uh, he texted me and said, Flory Badunga, remember that name? And I go follow Follow him over to uh, the 16U courts. He's playing with Travis Perry, Kentucky's own Travis Perry, for that Indiana Elite 16U squad. And Sean, for my money, was the best big in the entire uh, entire building the entire weekend. Physically, he's there. He has an NBA ready frame, soft hands. You know, can't do much outside of three, four feet, but. So polished for for his age and being so new to the game, you could clear clearly tell he's you know still growing and, and there's a couple things that, that he's raw with. But goodness gracious, his 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 you know off ball or, or off uh, offhand you know shot blocking ability. He's athletic around the basket. I mean, he just does so much that you go, whoa! How in the world is this kid not known? He has almost no offers. You know, yeah. interest just starting to ramp up. It, it's just crazy how this kid has just emerged as as this kind of the, the, this next man up in that that center class in 2024. Yeah, and, and when you start to perform, not on in not just one weekend, but it's multiple weekends. He was very good in Indy, from everything I've read. And then what I watched and saw in Spartanburg, he was very good then. So then you get that consistency. You start stringing that together. Then you start to climb the rankings when those rankings are updated. Now it becomes how far does he climb? How high does he climb? The play that stood out to me, though, you mentioned all the rebounding, his athleticism, shot blocking shots with either hand. It was the final play of the game, a game that's like a 13, 14 point, 15 point win for him. He grabs a rebound, rips it runs down the floor, go, wraps it behind his back and just about tore the rim down. I'm like, my goodness. And I look over and every college coach on that row standing there, I stood right beside them. They just looked at each other like, my goodness. Like, it's just an unbelievable athlete. You, His arms are so long. Like, I'm standing there behind him and, like, his arms are, like, halfway down his leg, Jack. Like, I'm, I'm like, I can't believe the wingspan that this guy has. And he looks like he can still add some size to his frame. 
Yeah, I mean, physically, there is, I mean, it's hard to, Santos Surreal is known as the, you know, physically most gifted player in the class, just in terms of, you know, having a college-ready, NBA-ready body. But for my money, just in terms of, uh, you know, having so much this early while still being so new to the game, I mean, you're hard-pressed to find anybody better, better than Flory Badunga, clearly going to be a, a top 50 player in the class. Yeah. And it's it's just crazy because going into that weekend, Sean, he didn't even have a rivals profile, didn't have a two. No, they have a picture. No, yeah, didn't have <laughs> didn't have anything. And then now he's getting offers from all these high high major schools. The interest is ramping up. Gonzaga is among those reaching out. Kentucky was there in person watching him that weekend. Uh, Orlando saw him uh, down in, in Spartanburg. So, Sean, I mean, we're talking about a guy who's going to go from barely even having a recruiting profile going into the the spring to most most likely being a top 50 player in the class for my money could end up being top 35. I mean, this, this kid is clearly uh, he's clearly got the goods. Yeah. A, a very, very good player. That'll be just up the road, uh, you know, in Indiana playing and, and stuff. That's a very, very talented player that I would be keeping my, my eye on if I were Kentucky fans. And I think, like I said, the biggest question now is you mentioned he'll definitely be a top 50 guy, but how high does he go? Is it, is it in the forties? Is it thirties? Does he keep you know, improving and performing and eventually be a top 25 guy. Like it's, it's a definitely a guy that went from having no profile to being on everybody's radar. He is that talented, that good, and still has a lot to add to his game. Wrapping up here, last player on the board, Koa Pete for my money. Goodness gracious. Look, he is 15 years old, Sean playing up two grade levels for the 17U Compton Magic squad that, as we talked about earlier, had has Andre Stojakovic, you know, going up against Reed Shepard and, and others, you know, some of these other, uh, you know, very, very impressive prospects absolutely dominated the competition, put up 30 points almost every single game, 6'7", 215 pounds, like, you know, college-ready body as is, as a 15-year-old, Sean, clearly the number one player in the class of 2025, uh, as impressive as they get in, in that class. Yeah, and regardless of class, right, everything that you've seen from either be Indy or Spartanburg, he has been like the MVP or the most impressive overall prospect for a lot of media guys. I know you and I talked about it, arguably the most impressive guy on the circuit there, uh, playing up two classes, great size, inside and out skill set, got his really good touch to his game too offensively and uh, just a very talented piece that Kentucky's going to have a lot of opportunities to watch, right? They're watching Andre Stojakovic. They extended that out scholarship offer. So every time Kentucky's courtside to watch Stojakovic, they're going to be courtside to watch Copete as well. Yeah, and uh, it, it definitely he kind of reminds me of a future Paolo Bancaro. Okay, you know, watching Paolo early kind of had that same 6'7", 210 pounds, you, you know, was kind of that that versatile inside-out presence that really grew into his body and kind of became that 6'10", point-forward type guy. Uh, that's who this kid's going to be. He's going to be the next man up, mark it down. Uh, he's, and, he, he's clearly going to be the number one player in that class, yeah. uh, and, and I don't think it's really that close. Yeah, and the buzz has been there for a while, right? You can go back to last summer and you're reading the buzz about how impressive he was, whether it was, uh, you know, at Pangos and, and everything else that he that he performed in. Like, just a very talented kid that regardless of class right now, like if you bumped him up to 23, how high would he be ranked right now in that class? Like, that's how good he is. Yeah, and uh, talking to his family, very humble, 
very, you know, sport heavy family. He is, you know, brother plays in the NFL right now. Uh, Dad played in the league, uh, you know, all these different basketball players and football players in this family. I mean, there are like seven or eight different, you know, either professional athletes or at least high level D1 college athletes. Uh, I mean, this is this is a kid that uh, he clearly has the gene pool. The DNA is there. He is going to be a future star. Keep an eye on Koa Pete, Sean Smith. That wraps up this episode. Great stuff. Uh, great time breaking down these, uh, you know, future current uh, current Kentucky commits, potential future Kentucky commits, and maybe uh, targets to keep an, keep an eye on moving forward as the spring and summer progress. So let's get the heck out of here, Sean. Where can fans find your work? You can find my work at GoBigBlueCountry.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at GBBCountry. Find me on Twitter as well at Jack Pilgrim KSR. Reach out to me via email at jpilgrim at KentuckySportsRadio.com. With that, we'll be back next time for the Jam Pack Source to Say podcast. We will see you then. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.